Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and in today's show Kelvin and colleague Scott Colnut discuss is guest posting doomed or coming up in Internet Marketing. So I'm joined in the studio today by a colleague of mine at Site Visibility, um, Scott. So, all right, Scott, just to kind of quickly get you to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your background and some of the areas of interest and expertise you have around the world of search. Yeah, sure. Um, so I started at Site Visibility just over a month ago now. Yeah. Uh, my role here is Digital Marketing Manager. Uh, came from another well-known SEO company called Freshhead, just down the road. I'm sure they'll yep. appreciate me mentioning them on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, had a great time, good grounding there. Um, really got stuck in into mm. it here straight away. Um, and my role encompasses, I guess, what is the role of an SEO these mm. days? It's social yeah. search, uh, social search, as some people yeah. like to call yeah. it. Uh, PPC or mm. really digital marketing as most people are going for. And I mean, one of the topics we kind of wanted to have a chat about today, and kind of, so I suppose a fairly sort of freeform, um, loose kind of conversation, is about kind of some of the changes that have been sort of coming about recently in terms of guest posting, and perhaps even less so actual changes in terms of how Google treat guest posts, but kind of an expectation of some changes that might occur. So I suppose to set the scene for listeners who might not be kind of following SEO as closely as people who kind of specialise in that area. Um, you know, over the last 12, well, it's just over 12 months ago, um, Google um, made a major update to their Google algorithm, which was known as Google Penguin. And the way that they framed that was that it was intended to kind of end the influence of manipulative link building. And a, a number of tactics that perhaps um, were kind of on the maybe you know people already knew were risky or even in some cases were kind of on a grey area between risky and, uh, and not risky and you know that's changed quite dramatically the tactics in which people have been using to build links but in many cases people have kind of turned from all that kind of directory submission article syndication um, link buying spinning of content and kind of taken all that time and effort that they were spending on that and moved it straight into guest posting um, which kind of is a tactic where perhaps the the line is a little bit more complex. Is that kind of fair to say, Scott? Yeah. So I started like uh, I started in the industry a couple of years ago yeah. now, and uh, when I first started, uh, really guest blogging, it was kind of like maybe at its peak. Yeah. Uh, like you said, panic came around, and I think site owners were obviously they worried about their on-site content, and they thought mm. one way to improve their on-site content and also to tap into kind of freshness, which mm. we've seen over the yeah. last couple of years. 
was to have a regularly updated blog with content. Mm. So um, agencies and freelancers, they naturally looked to guest blogging as a way because site owners wanted the content, they could produce the content, it was a great relationship. Mm. Um, and naturally, people don't necessarily foresee some of the problems that are going to happen a couple of years mm. on. And what we realised, and probably mm. what a lot of people should have realised back then, is that really that's we didn't really want the content we wanted the relationship mm. and that's where a lot of people hopefully are moving mm. towards now but mm. really in the last I don't know maybe since the turn of the year mm. and you, I'm seeing a lot more kind of site owners a lot more bloggers which are a lot more protective of their own sites and willing to kind of out agencies they're mm. fed up of agencies contacting mm. them um, and so that relationship there's definitely room for that relationship to exist mm. But um, really, they're looking to improve their brand, they're entrepreneurial, mm. and we need to kind of support that and figure mm. out the best way to work with them. And yeah. that's not necessarily giving them content anymore. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose the challenge has sort of become that, whereas, you know, and one of the great things about kind of how I think search marketers approach um, their job is they're always trying to do things in the most efficient way possible, if you know what I mean. And that's kind of inherently built into I think the psyche of you know search agencies and search professionals that they're always kind of thinking about well hit find let's find something that's repetitive within the work that I do and then try and find ways to you know increase the efficiency in that in some cases that means automation of things that isn't necessarily always bad you know Mm -hmm. kind of like if you can use a tool to save research and if that tool is essentially just repeating a human process there's, there's elements to that but inevitably what that does seem to mean that whenever there's a tactic that um, you know, it's perhaps started out with the greatest of intentions that inevitably um, the kind of automation and the repetition and the kind of attempts to scale that process can sometimes end up with what is being described as that tactic, not really having the kind of connections, yeah. you know, so it's changed. Whereas, I, I think of infographics when you say yeah, that. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it's exactly that. And that's also, I suppose, maybe next on that kind of um, progression um, that you've got there. So, yeah, I think that there's a danger of the people concentrating on the next best thing and if they kind of put all of the I think I suppose the perspective I've got on kind of when we have these discussions is that I don't think any tactic that isn't against Google's webmaster guidelines is in itself inherently risky the risk is in the lack of diversification you know it's the lack of uh, you know, so if you're relying exclusively on link, um, guest posting as a means of building links and doing that excessively um, with very little quality control and very little concern of actually, you know, the motivation that should be there behind that, I think that's kind of part of the equation. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. There was a post, um, and I forget who it was by, but it was on uh, Umoz this week, yeah. and it described uh, how if you stick to one tactic, such as guest blogging, mm. such as infographics, and your campaigns are built on that for. Mm kind of a longer period of time um, just looking at your link profile in a really simple way mm. like Majestic or yeah. uh, Open Sites or whatever mm. you can quickly see oh for the last six months they've been doing infographics yeah. and so forth mm. um, so like you said it's not it's not always what you're doing because you know there are perfect there's, yeah. there, there's still a place for guest blogging yeah. otherwise well, I wouldn't have mentioned even the yeah. most post yeah. it's still guest blogging itself mm. and there's still a place for infographics but mm. like you said it's how about it's not mm it's about diversity as well mm. and it's kind of not sticking to that and mm. using it as a tactic mm. um, it should just be within kind of yeah. ammunition yeah and I suppose that you know yeah that's definitely it isn't it it's kind of yeah my one tip for all this would be is that there's no one silver bullet to it and actually like actually there's you know inevitably guest blogging as an example is going to bring new links of a certain type because blogs although there's a huge amount of diversity in them they essentially are 
the same, right? So the structure's part of it as well. So you're going to have a link that you get on a website that is going to fall with a certain level of trust because most blogs kind of fall within a certain area of the website. They're a lot more trusted than some of the directory sites or yeah. kind of low quality sites. But they're never, in many cases, never going to be as trusted as where it's a professional running the site. And that's not, you know, kind of that's the out. The, yeah, it's not kind of fundamental that as soon as you turn professional, you become trusted quality, but there's kind of patterns in the behavior of those sites that kind of point it in certain directions. And, you know, it's it's one of those ones where, although, um, you know, these blogs are going to be similar, um, there's, you know, there's different types of links that you're going to want to have and different types of, you know, um, websites that you're going to want to point quality to and if you're only doing guest blogging you're only going to like get links of those certain types and it's actually well what am I really trying to achieve and I think you know I think eternally here at Site Visibility and I think across the industry as a whole there's this kind of shift that you know whereas in the past people might have said um, how do you judge the quality of a link and the answer might have been you know um, page rank or you know maybe domain authority is kind of SEO mod yeah. is kind of proxy of that whereas I think increasingly the, the real barometer of is a link worth having or not is will it send me traffic if you yeah. know what I mean and will and that traffic do what I want it to do yeah, yeah. do we even need the link at all in the guest yeah. post yeah. Um, the best example again you, um, if you've got a, a guest post and you've kind of got it on the site that you wanted to get it on um, your company is referenced within that post yeah. and it gets 1,000 kind of retweets mm. and mm. a bunch of likes mm. Um, that's probably that's going to bring you referral traffic. Mm. Might not be directly for a link, but mm. people are going to you know your brand mm. exposure there, mm. the readership of those sites. So it's all kind of those are the kind of metrics that I'd be looking mm. at and looking to report on as well. Mm. But then ultimately, there's still that kind of fundamental there that the 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 Google search engine is built on the link graph. So yeah. it's this kind of perception that you know the way that Google understand authority and you know you know should a site rank over another where mm. they're equally well optimized is still built on links. Now what that then means is that actually you, by not you know, getting guest posts without a blog there's kind of a different strategic objective there isn't yeah. there and that might be that actually by getting you know can you get a post on a higher quality website by not asking for the link um, so therefore you kind of they see your approach in a very different way but that then potentially opens up other doors so I suppose yeah. the logic of you know, could you get um, an article on a very high quality site? You remove the fact that you're asking for a link, so it makes it easy for them to say yes. Do you then open a relationship when they would link to you at a later yeah. point down the line, or do you raise your profile to the extent where people will link to you naturally? Mm-hmm. I suppose is kind of part of the direction you go for there. So we kind of, I think, discussed about um, kind of the the long term prospects and kind of link, um, guest blogging in the context of link building as a whole. But if you are going to be kind of carrying out guest blogging, what's the kind of things that you'd be looking for in a website and some of the approaches that you'd recommend in terms of um, getting in contact with the people who run these websites? Yeah, um, well, there are two actually uh, major ones, and the first one is uh, I see a lot of people use it, and now well, gradually more people mm. using it. Um, tools like Follow Along, Social Bro, mm. and going down the social route and mm. actually seeing, kind of being reactionary to what mm. people have already. Yeah. Um, sometimes I look at guest blogging a little bit kind of like, uh, I don't know, buying clothes for your girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice gesture to make, yeah. but 99% of the time you're going to get it wrong if yeah. you kind of yeah, <laughs> decide yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. them. Uh, same with guest bloggers. If you can kind of look at the topics they're talking about, follow them on Twitter, use those mm. tools, you can start to figure out and kind of uh, be a bit more refined in mm. what you're going to approach them mm. with rather than just writing the content and giving it to them already mm. so definitely social aspects you can just set up kind of feeds and tweet deck mm. or tweet suite whatever mm. you do um, and I suppose that's going to give you a lot better success rate as well yeah, isn't it? because yeah. I think the, the 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 reasons why many guest 
blog requests fail are kind of, you know, I suppose maybe three reasons. One is the fact that, you know, people are instantly suspicious of it, so therefore they just don't accept guest posts. So there's very little you can do about that, I suppose. One is that then that they don't know you, and the other one is that you don't know their audience. And I think by talking about following them socially or that, you solve two of those problems. The first one you're never going to solve. If people don't take guest posts, then, you know, it's going to be tricky. But if you can you know use that if you can retweet their articles that they've written if you can you know um, comment on their blog posts that they're writing so when they then go in and approve so then when your email does come through it's not just who is who is Scott who is Kelvin it's kind of okay I know that their actual readers are mine and you know people sometimes in their guest posts will say oh I'm a long term you know long term reader of your your site and you know I really enjoyed this quick blog blog post theirs and you you're faking that aren't you yeah. so like, you know faking that interest in their blog but whereas if they know who you are beforehand then already there's kind of a, a, a repertoire there yeah. 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 The other, the other, there's one other tip which I've started to find kind of more useful over yeah. I guess the last six months yeah. uh, and that's been using a combination of uh, advanced Google operators mm. you know all in yeah. URL that kind of stuff but um, you know there's been slight tweaks that Google have been making to the search tools function yeah. and they've been tweaking and playing and experimenting kind of with that over the last six months and now it's got to the point where you can refine kind of, if for example you're in the UK and you're looking for UK specific blogs, you can look for pages in the UK within the last 24 hours that have mentioned this phrase. Yeah. So if you know, you know, if you've got a few phrases or kind of topics that you know you're going to be wanting to write about and you think are relevant, just go use those search tools, use those operators, and find you find the kind of sweet combinations that work for you. Uh, and then you'll start to find people that are talking about that. It's almost like it's like the social route, mm. but you're just using Google, the new kind of yeah. the updated Google yeah. functions. For it. And I think that limiting stuff by time is kind of yeah potentially hugely powerful, isn't mm. it? Because you know the request that you make, the contact that you make to someone is kind of it happens at a point in time, right? And if you've you know is the best point to approach someone about a guest blog after they've recently just published a successful guest blog you know that's probably a good time to do them or if you want them to write about you know they're a travel blogger and you want them to write about Thailand Mm. you know knowing when they're writing a series of blog posts about Thailand would be a good time to approach them wouldn't it yeah Yeah. exactly that yeah just um, and they don't even necessarily again it doesn't have to be people it can be a great way if you don't know the writers already or you haven't got to the point where you've found the sites that you want to post on it can be a great way of sourcing the actual sites Mm. Um, obviously using those operators using those search tools to actually find the sites to get get to post on Mm. like as the first stage in the process as well well yeah I mean yeah because again with the time one isn't it it's one of those ones where actually a website that's you know I know I've done research in the past and found websites where they don't get published very frequently and actually purely knowing that they're kind of regularly publishing and have updated recently is a good sort of if you're gonna, if there could be a thousand people you could approach, which is probably too many, but say you're at that stage and you've got to try and narrow it down in some way, shape, or form, yeah. finding those that are regular bloggers are certainly going to help on that perspective. Mm-hmm. And in terms of starting those relationships up, all those emails, all that social outreach, any kind of tips on kind of how you know you begin that process of, of talking to people? Well, uh, I think again, the first thing is don't just send blanket emails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, people do get into the habit. Like you said, if you've got a thousand people to contact. Yeah. Uh, we've just got to move away. It's it is a lazy, but it's a lazy approach if you have to do that, and you shouldn't really be doing that. Take a look at their recent posts. Uh, again, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, see what they're doing socially. Just sometimes it's just a really cheesy icebreaker, but it mm. works mm. to show that you're interested in what they're actually doing, mm. um, and go for that route and start off the conversation about something they've written. Um, again, even a few compliments. Just pick up one or two bullet points as to why you've chosen their site. Mm. Um, some responses I've often got. Um, 
kind of receive whilst doing outreaches. Why have you chose me? What's the benefit for you? Mm. And often what I go backwards, backwards is I've looked at your site and actually you've got a great readership, mm. you've got a brand going on, yeah. those are big ticks for me. Mm. You know, all those other metrics where we were talking about mm. before, those old school kind of page authority, main authority, mm. I'm not really interested. You know, mm. three, four years ago I might have been interested, mm. but now it's because I can see that you're acting in yeah. that readership. Yeah. And I, yeah, I suppose kind of connected to that as well, that kind of in that outreach, that I think if you can, you know, even like so you've gone through that step that maybe you know you followed them on Twitter you've added their you know Facebook you've liked their Facebook page you've taken a kind of you know three four weeks to absorb yourself in their content you know you kind of retweet some of their articles that they've written you know all that type of thing and then when you eventually make that contact via email I don't think that you need to be mentioning the link or even that kind of you're talking about guest blogging in that first email really maybe it's a kind of you know, really enjoyed the piece you did about this. Have you thought about, you know, writing an article about this? Yeah. You know, where actually you're not even pitching yourself then at that stage or um, kind of, you know, that, um, you know, congratulations on these last couple of posts. I can see that they've done really well on Twitter, you know, well done. Yeah. And or, or kind of getting them to do something small, right? Because, you know, there's kind of, you know, there's all kinds of behavioral economics and psychology that says if someone does something for you once, they'll do something for you again afterwards so it's that you know can you ask for something small first where it might not be the link you're asking for it's like well, could you be asking for them to you know I know you've got a great following on Twitter any chance you could tweet this yeah. article we've written recently or actually maybe kind of saying well we've got our blog and we're you know interviewing you know we'd love to interview you for our blog and then you're almost using that uh, first opportunity where you're not asking them well, you're still asking them for something but it's kind of something that's much easier for them to say yes to and once they said that first yes I think you're in a much stronger position to ask for other things afterwards yeah and, not, and to be honest you might even naturally get that link that you may have been looking for anyway because if you invite them onto your site yeah you think they're not going to link to that? They're going to link to that. They're going to want to let people know that they've um, been interviewed or whatever. So, um, But there's one thing that's uh, crucial to what you said as well is not talking about the link in the first instance is really important, not only for the relationship purpose, because it's really robotic to just go and ask for links. They see it a thousand times a day. Um, but also there is that kind of risk now at the point. Bloggers are protective of their own brand and own sites. And if you do continue to go to people, there is that risk that you'll get outed by a blogger and then mm-hmm. kind of write a nasty little piece on you mm-hmm. because you were a little bit robotic and yeah. didn't really appreciate that side. So there's that to think about mm-hmm. well, a little mm-hmm. bit. Cool. Well, no, I think some great insight there. And I mean, I think it's, you know, if we were to sum it up in a couple of sentences, is that, you know, never rely on any one single approach of link building. And if, you know, you are relying heavily on uh, guest posting at the moment, particularly if you're using kind of some of those networks that are out there that kind of aid that process of meeting people who might take your guest blog post. Um, that doesn't mean they're not um, viable. That doesn't mean they're dangerous now. It doesn't mean they don't work. But kind of being pragmatic, it's something that certain people within the industry are taking to a real extreme at the moment. And really what you want to be doing is kind of diversifying your risk. And when you are doing guest blogging, making sure that you're getting the links from the people that are really going to make a difference to your site. And that normally means because they're really good websites. And if they're a really good website, you can't use an automated robotic approach to get them to write for you. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much for that, Scott. I really enjoyed that. And I know that there's, um, you know, we've got plenty planned internally at Cybersibility in terms of writing about this on the blog in the next couple of weeks. So do keep your eyes open because there'll probably be more about link building and guest posts um, coming up soon. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. 
we would absolutely love to get feedback comments and questions from you if you want to send an email send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com also feel free to comment on the website and if you'd like to use our voice line number if you're outside of the uk it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh if you're inside the uk it's oh one two seven three two five six one five oh and you can leave a voice comment or question and we'll play it on the show also we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on itunes itself well that's it for now andy white signing off until next week on internet marketing Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.